0: Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. You're listening to LUTG Radio's WKKP Digital Broadcasting. Amen. DFW, Texas. Hello. I am Kathy Brooks, and this is the LUTG Radio Show. Let us open up with prayer, giving God all the glory and the honor and the praise. Father God, I repent of my sins and come to you, Lord God, through the shed blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord God, for you alone are worthy of all the glory, the honor, the power, and the praise. Lord, you are worthy. Give God some praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of the sounds that God wants to hear in your heart is you know, how you cheer at a baseball game or you walk across the graduation stage and your whole family's cheering for you and you get so excited God wants that same thing from us so let's give him a big glory hallelujah thank you Lord thank you Father he wants that kind of excitement and more from you because when God looks upon you he's doing this He's doing this. When God sees you and he sees you with the blood of Jesus on him, he is, I mean, on you. (laughs) When God looks at you and he sees the blood of Jesus on you he gets so ecstatic so excited we thank you lord god for your excitement for us we thank you lord god for loving us so that we would know how to love you you gave us salvation you sacrificed everything for us we thank you lord for giving us your son that we may live thank you lord you are worthy Thank you, Lord, for holding our breath in your hands and not crushing it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to give you praise. Thank you, Lord, for receiving it, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Lord, for thou art worthy. Speak through me today, Lord God, that I may say what you want me to say. For the listening ears. Amen. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I thank you, Lord God, that yours hear you and obey you, Father God. One of the first obedient things we can do is to read your word. I thank you, Lord God, for your word. Thank you, Father. I should say receive god and read your word and read the word of god amen thank you lord in the name of jesus i pray and i thank you lord god for using me as one of your vessels one of your tools and mouthpieces to speak through lord you be glorified today amen through me in the name of jesus amen Alright, today's uh, message is called Change the Atmosphere. Amen. And the other part is See God's Justice. Change the Atmosphere. See God's Justice. Glory to God. Amen. God loves you and He loves to fight for you. He loves to fight battles on your behalf. So know this. Don't grow weary trying to fight your own battles. Give it over to the Lord. He loves doing that. Amen. Glory to God. God loves blessing you. He is absolutely into blessing you. He loves you so much. Open your books to the book of uh, Kings, chapter 2. 2 Kings, I should say. 2 Kings, chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. And it goes like this so he went with them and when they came to jordan they cut down wood but as one was felling a beam the axe head fell into the water and he cried and said alas master for it was borrowed and the man of god said where fell it and he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick, and cast it, cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee, and put and put out his hand and took it. So basically he he lost his axe head. If you've ever done any woodworking or any kind of work with your hands, you know, sometimes, you know, that, that iron piece, that hammer will fall off. If you hitting something hard and you're not holding it correctly, or you just hitting something really hard, it'll just break. It's wood. Sometimes it'll break. And, uh, and nowadays they have them in plaster, but you know, when I suck a brick, it goes to fly in. And how many, I ever lost something in some deep water? And you're like, oh snap! Or in the dirt, you know. Maybe you like in high grass, and trying to find something in high grass is difficult. But trying to find something in water, it's just like, oh man, how am I gonna pay for this now? But what's so amazing is this 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 man was so anointed, which means he believed God so much that God filled him with that power he filled him with that power that adam had from the beginning that power was so pure in him that he could call a thing to him he could call a lost thing to him which is the same thing jesus had used the same principle jesus believed that he called forth tax money to pay for his taxes and one of his disciples he sh- He took a stick, he took the thing he took something that the axe head would have recognized, and he pointed into the water <laughs> and it pulled up, and the axe head came up to float and he grabbed it to God be the glory. God will give you the the strength and the wisdom and the power to restore lost things. People are not lost things. You want to pray about that one. But let's say, for example, if you're divorced and your spouse loves you, but they're concerned of that whether or not you're going to treat them the same thing. And you've changed and they can see you change. But it's been so much time that both are kind of too afraid to approach the other be out of shame. You can pray for that lost thing. They're not gone. Sometimes they're just a little lost. Not knowing what to say or what to do. They're a little lost. But they're still present. They're still there. God will give you the power to restore lost things. God will give you the power to restore lost things to bring them to you currently oftentimes you hear christians pray to our heavenly angels to go and return that lost thing and angels do have jobs but we see demonstrated here in second kings chapter six verses four through seven that it wasn't an angel that went and got that that was the power of God that brought that to him that brought that hammerhead to him or axe head to him second kings six fifteen and seven uh, six fifteen through seventeen says, and when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servants said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elijah. And they basically, they were surrounded by the enemies. And his young servant or apprentice thought for sure they are done in now. They're about to get their butts whooped. When I was younger, my sister used to get into a bunch of fights. I don't know. You know, they, her and her friends, or her and her people, I should say. I was, I don't know that I was so much different because we was the same age. But oftentimes I wasn't feeling well, and so I wasn't always outside. Or sometimes I just like to watch TV because when I wasn't feeling well, I'd be watching TV or reading a book. But we didn't always have books. Um, we had the Bible and a few other things, but not you know school books anyway. And so, um. One day, (laughs) one day I I was in the house watching TV and my neighbor happened to see something going on down the street. She saw me in the house just watching TV. She says, yo, you need to go check on your sister. She's surrounded by all these people and she's fighting. And so what had happened is these girls had surrounded her with their little boyfriends and they egged on a fight. And so here it is, all these girls and they must've been kicking her or something uh and the girl had her sisters there and so it was all these sisters against my one sister so it was like maybe six seven of them and it was only two of us but at the time it was only one of her and a couple of our friends and our (laughs) friends were uh yelling and a cousin was yelling at them you better not touch her you better not touch her it's gonna be one-on-one one-on-one and i'm come down there i run down i go what is going on us and i look and I'm standing over them, right? I'm just, like, kind of bent down. I was like, why are you fighting? And she she on the ground. And she's like, <laughs> she was saying something to me about what the girl had did. Something the girl had did to her. But the problem is, what my sister is, don't hit her because she was kind of little. You know? <laughs> so her thing was, don't hit her and expect her not to fight. Because she had to let people know, just because I'm little, That don't mean that I can't defend myself because most of these people were taller than her and they were bigger than her. And so, (laughs) and I couldn't fight that. You know, I could not even, okay. All right. True enough. You put your hands on somebody then you must expect to get hit back. That's just the rules of the role. And so these girls, she didn't know that anybody was there to help her because you know, all these people that were surrounding her were all against her, except for maybe one or two. And But these two had been instructed, you know, by their parents, don't you be down there fighting. Because they knew if they would start fighting, they would be on punishment. And so they had so much of a role that they would go to, but if they had to, they would get in it. Because they wanted the fight to be fair. If they had to fight, they wanted it to be fair, right? And so on the whole, I come, and all of a sudden, one of the sisters got upset Uh, cause it looked like my sister was having, was take, you know, getting the better of her sister. And so she's, she's getting ready. She moving in. Like she going to do something. I go, whoa, wait a minute. And I don't even see, this was the glory of God. And so when my sister saw me jumping in, you know, it kind of encouraged her to let her know you're not here by yourself. And so I got upset because it went from being, Almost a fair fight. This girl was way bigger and weighed more than my sister. I was upset by that, and then to have this other female, other two, and they come up, tell them, "I'm a punch in the neck." I said, Shh. "I was like, uh-uh, I'm a, I'm a kicker. I'm a di- no, no, no." And so my crazy, but I shouldn't say crazy, but my, I wasn't even thinking. This is. Some of these things, this is what happened to me sometimes when I was little, the power of God would hit me and immediately I will forget who I was. I will forget that I had asthma. I will forget that I was barely even 80 pounds and I will get full of this power of God, which is abundant strength. When God fills you, you have this abundant strength and You cannot even try and duplicate it after the power leaves. You cannot. But this power hit me. And all of a sudden, I crossed over them two that were on the ground, stood in front of the sister, which was bigger than me and taller than me. (laughs) And with my bifocals on, she could have easily just knocked my glasses off and I wouldn't be able to see her. You know, not too well, but I'd have been to see enough to knock it to hit. But anyway... And so (laughs) my butt with all this attitude gets in her face and said, no, you're not going to hit her. And I I said, I dare you to touch her. This is a one-on-one fight. And either you're going to let this play out or you're not going to be fighting. And they knew I was not a fighter, but it it was the power of God that hit me. Because what was hap- what she was what this other person was about to do was completely unfair and zero justice. They shouldn't have been fighting to begin with. Because I don't believe in fighting, but then to gang up on one person is unjust. There is no justice in that. And so God would hit me. Sometimes <laughs> He would hit me with that power. And that power will come on, and you never know what I will say or what I will do. You, I, I, I don't even know what I'll do when God comes upon me like that. I have no idea, none whatsoever, none. I, I don't even know what He's gonna say when He's gonna say it. I have no clue. The only thing I know is that it'll be something of justice, and so, and so God was showing. His people, Elijah and his servant, that they are more with you than are against you. I am convinced that his angels, that his heavenly angels was at that fight as well. I am truly convinced that his heavenly heavenly angels was, was at that fight because all of a sudden when I came down there, the atmosphere changed. When I went down to where all those people were circled around and they saw me and they looked at me as if I had an entire army behind me. Even the even the males backed up. They looked as though I had an army behind me. And so <laughs> when God is with you, God is with you. He will he will send you with great power. This is why it's good for you to pray over your children, to pray over your family before they leave the house because when you pray over them, you are sending them on their way to school or to the store or to work with great power. And the army of the Lord, the word is, is their shield and their buckler. So pray the word over them. Pray Psalms 91 over them. If you can't think of anything else, pick up Psalms 91 and pray it over them. Pray the Lord's prayer over them. That's also a good one. And so you want to definitely pray and know that God is with you. And second Kings seven, one or two, it says, then Elijah said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow, about this time, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley, for a shekel, in the gate of Samaria. Then the lo- then a lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold. If the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? So he was questioning what God had told this prophet to say. That is always a big mistake. And when I say big, I mean like momentously big mistake. When you know. That this prophet has prophesied to you before, and he has said things that have come to pass before, and you start questioning him because you don't want this thing to happen because you are greedy, or for whatever sinful reason you got. It's one thing to be ignorant and not understand; it's another thing to not believe. An entirely another thing to rebuke a prophet when he's speaking the truth, when he or she. Is speaking the truth. That is a terrible thing to do, and so it goes on to say. And he said, "Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but not, but shall not eat thereof." Meaning, he will not partake of this good thing, of this bounty. He ain't get nothing. Not when I say nothing, I mean nothing, nothing. He ain't get nothing. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like a modern, like in present day times, it's kind of like saying PPE, is, which is personal protection equipment, is going to be plenteous and it's going to be cheap. And it's kind of like somebody said, no, that ain't going to happen. God would say to them, you don't believe. That means you ain't getting nothing. You're going to see everybody walking around with boxes full of it, multiple. I mean, like, I'm talking about like, armful boxes of PPE and they 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 ain't gonna pay more than a dollar for it. I mean this that's an outrageous number to give but let's say it's gonna be real cheap right dude going no uh uh that ain't gonna happen with all this stuff going on forget about it man you gonna part you're gonna see it but you ain't gonna be able to touch nothing or here's a prime example I've been telling people since before before this coronavirus hit, you know, America the way it is now, I have been telling people for the last six to ten months I've been telling people and trying to get hospitals to include the word. Cause they have like um chaplains, right, that'll come and pray for you when you're dying or come and pray for you when you come into the hospital if you ask for it. But usually it's when the point of you dying. And I was telling them, how about we get the word to the people you know like as soon as they get th- you know as soon as they get in there don't wait till they're about to die you know get their word to them because chaplains are always speaking and they they give services in the hospital and people come for the services in the hospital and I'm like okay well after your service why don't you hand them out these tracks you know won't you tell them to meditate on these scriptures and I'm like give them the scriptures because they're like well you know we got to be available for every faith okay whatever You can be available for every faith, but make this available to them because they're healing scriptures because people will walk around saying, oh, so and so sick. I don't know what I'm going to do. But God says, this is what you can do. You can be made whole. You ain't got to be sick. You don't have to be sick. You don't. And so that to me, that's the same as somebody as God is Jesus saying, "Okay, I paid the price. For you to be made whole, all you got to do is believe and receive. And somebody telling Jesus, -uh Nuh-uh-uh, you didn't get on that cross. Really? What? Mm -hmm. Imagine Jesus going, this is the same thing he did to Thomas. He go, Thomas like, Well, look at here, partners. I ain't going to believe that Jesus defeated death hell in the grave and came back to show us until I put my hands in the holes of his hands where he hung on the cross. And so Jesus showed up and said, "Thomas, put your fingers in the holes. It's me." And Thomas was like, "What a Oh boy! Oh, snap! That was you. It's you." You Lord, my homie is Lord. Oh, oh, snap. Here's something you might be able to relate to a little bit easier. You've been playing football with your boy since y'all was six years old. And all of a sudden, you were in your professional career, and he gets picked as the number one NFL draft. Number one, the best team out there, he becomes Mr. Super Freakin' Bowl. First year out, Mr. Super, you got excited when he got picked. But when his team won the Super Bowl, you said, that is my boy. Oh, my goodness. That is my boy. That's my boy. The boy, yeah, told him everything he know. Me and him been playing ball since we were six. I don't care where you work at. I don't care if you are a lawyer or a janitor. I don't care if you are a CEO. I don't care how reserved you are. If your boy that you've been playing football with since you were six years old becomes the number one NFL draft and wins the super freaking Bowl, his first year out you gonna be saying that is my boy that is my boy woo! see he didn't just win the super bowl you and him won the super bowl because no matter what you was encouraging him Every week, yo man, you got this. Yo man, go to bed early. Don't forget, you got to keep your energy up. Yo man, I'm here for you, ride or die. Whatever you need, look, don't worry about your family. Go out there, you do what you gotta do. I'll be right there. You tell me what they need, I'ma go do it. I'll be, I'm your boy. I ain't gonna look at your wife no crazy way, cause you and I are boys. I'ma bless your kids like I'ma bless my kids. You go out there and you focus on that. I got you. I'm your boy. I. Um, uh, your boy, you go do that thing. When he wins that Super Bowl, it wasn't him that won that Super Bowl. It was him, his team, you, his family, and your family. All oh, y'all won that Super Bowl. Same thing with Jesus. Same thing with Thomas. When Thomas put his fingers in the holes in Jesus' hand, Thomas was like, Super Bowl! Oh, Super Bowl! Ah, that's my boy! That's my boy! That's my boy, Jesus! That's my boy, Jesus! Oh, my. You know how dudes do that ugly cry when they want something so spectacular they've been wanting for their whole life? Ah. And they be trying to hold it in. It gets uglier and uglier. (laughs) Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. You feel me, right? You feel me? You feel me? Yeah, I know you feel me. Everybody has been there, right? (laughs) Check this out. In Daniel 5, chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, it says, belshazzar you gonna like this belshazzar the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords those are like you know people you know in his in his uh like his his crew we're gonna say he had a crew of a thousand lords his friends and other people that are his and you know his his appointed crew anyway and drank and wine before the thousand bel uh belshazzar Whilst he tasted the wine, he um, the wine commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem, the, that the king and his princes, his wives, and his concubines might drink therein. Y'all see the problem, right? Touching stuff that don't belong to you. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God problem, which was at Jerusalem and the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass of iron, of wood, and of stone. Y'all see a butt whooping coming. I see a butt whooping coming. Next verse, verse 5 of Daniel chapter 5, it says, In that, in the same hour, came forth fingers of a man's hand, and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. You want to know what they wrote? This is what they wrote. It said, Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his loins were loosed and his knees smote one against the other. He dooted on himself, y'all. <laughs> he dooted on himself. The king cried aloud. <laughs> the king cried aloud to the astrologers, the Chaldeans and the soothsayers. And the king spake, and said to the wise men of Babylon whosoever shall read this writing and show me the interpretation thereof shall be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about the about his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom then the king's countenance was changed and his thoughts troubled him oh sorry Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Hold on a second. I put that up there twice. Give me one second. <laughs> I got so excited about this reading. Okay, yeah, so uh, verses 16 through 21 is Daniel, is um the king saying that he understood that Daniel could do interpretations, right? So starting off with 23, Daniel starts giving the interpretation. It says, but has lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven and they have brought the vessels of his house before thee and thou and thy lords, thy wives and thy concubines have drunk wine in them. And thou hast praised the gods of silver and of gold, of brass, iron, wood and stone, which see not nor hear nor know. And God in whose hand, thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways hast thou not glorified. Now remember, uh, he offered Daniel the same thing. He's like, man, I'll, I'll put you in gold and a robe and everything. Daniel told him, you keep that. Also, verse 24 says, Then was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written. And this was the writing that was written, Mine, mine, tekel, upfarsin. It's a, it's U P H A R S I, a farce. In verse 26, it says, This is the interpretation of the thing Mini. God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tikal, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Pe, uh, perez, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then commanded Belshazzar, and they clo- uh, then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet, and put a chain of gold about his neck, and made a proclamation concerning him, that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. And that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, slain, and Darius the Median took the kingdom being about three score and uh three score 2 years old. So I think that's about like 62. All right. Okay, wait, there's a little bit more real. <laughs> okay, so what does all that tell us? That tells us this. You better honor God. So I'm going to go ahead and read the other part, but when when you see a when when you know that your father was humbled And then God gave him, gave him land and gave him a kingdom and blessed him abundantly because he honored God. That should tell you right then and there that you should be honoring God. Right. But oh, no, this king, this Belshazzar, this dude was crazy. He went and took something holy that his father and he knew the struggle that his father went through. And his father set it aside. And, you know, he told him, don't touch that. Just like God told Adam and Eve. Do not eat of the fruit of the tree. Don't touch that. This Belshazzar king goes and hangs with his crummy homies. And all them, you know they were hoeing down. You know they were hoeing down. They were having a freaking orgy and started drinking from the Holy Grail. These holy cups. (laughs) These nuts started drinking from these holy cups that were used to honor God. Yes, they did. Oh, yes, they did. And so, God came to them. He didn't even bother to show his whole body. He came to them in terror. Because how many of y'all would freak out if you see a hand writing on your wall? You'd be like, "Ah!" But this this dude knew that he had already done wrong. So he knew whose hand that was. You know what he was thinking? Man, I wonder how come he didn't just kill me right then and there. How come God didn't just kill me right then and there? Oh, man, what is God going to do? God freaked him out so bad that he was hoping that God would make it quick. He was freaking out so bad because he knew what he had done wrong. How many of us have been in that position? You know you've done something wrong, you would be like, man, if they would just get it over with, please. Uh-uh. Nope. You will not suffer a punishment in your time. You will suffer vengeance in God's time. Right? And guess what God did? He Guess what God did next? Check this out, what he did for his man, right? And Daniel 6, 1 through 4, it says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom a hundred and twenty princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three, over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might be, might give account unto them, and all and the king should have no damage. Meaning, he won't get in trouble with God. Then Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. That was a spirit of God, honor, and truth, and justice. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom But they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Boom. Daniel carried the character of Christ. Back then, you would have called it the Order of Melchizedek. He honored God. He had the heart of God in him he had the spirit of god in him that is a desire to seek after the lord with all your mind with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength and that was daniel he loved god so much that he did not want to dishonor god in any way shape or form daniel was completely 100 percent in love with the lord daniel was so, so much in love with the Lord that he would have bowed down to God at his feet and would have been happy doing it. Daniel, even in the Old Testament, so honored God that God allowed him to stand on his feet and to stand in the Lord's strength. That's some honor, yo. Daniel honored God in everything he did. Daniel refused to deny God even when himself, even when he was put in danger. And you'll read on about that a little bit later in a few uh, uh, other verses. Uh, go ahead, read ahead in the book of Daniel. You, you'll see what Daniel was going through. Just read the whole book. <laughs> uh, just read the whole book of Daniel. You'll see all the stuff that he had gone through because people kind of hated him and his boys, uh, Shedrach, uh, Shedrach and uh Uh, abednego and so they disliked them because they believed god but daniel daniel was like the supreme like i am on fire for god i am not turning my head away from god i am not serving any other god but the lord the lord god most high daniel would have called him adonai almighty powerful when I was growing up, these gangbangers, uh, I ain't going to tell you what their names are. These gangbangers used to say that. They would call the name of their their group and they'd be like, almighty, meaning we the apex, we the top. Everybody else but is below us. You got to come to us. You want to run these streets. You under our umbrella. Almighty. And that's what people would call them, almighty. Guess where they got there from? The Bible. They were they were kids that had grown up in a church and took references from the Bible to promote their game. And they knew that people will identify that with that because people identify with Daniel and Daniel identified with Jehovah almighty. And so when you think that these kids out here that are running the streets don't understand power and don't understand reference reverence, you're wrong. They do understand reverence. They understand the fear of the Lord, even if some of them have never been to church. Because even if they haven't been to church, they have heard the name Jesus, and they know that he is the most high. They understand power. So don't be afraid to tell them that Jesus loves them. Don't be afraid to tell them that God has a plan for their life. Don't be afraid to tell them that they don't have to go around carrying guns in their belts and and robbing and killing They could be a real boss. They could be a CEO of their own joint. You know what I'm saying? And they can live and prosper and never have to look over their back wondering if they're going to get some retaliation against them. They can live and be free because Jesus paid the price. Jesus took the last bullet for them. In this case, it would have been a cat of nine tails being scourged and whipped and kicked and Nails hammered into his hand, and God only knows what happened to him in hell. I guarantee you, it was completely awful, and I don't even want to see it. That's how much I know. I know that it was bad. From reading the Bible, I know it was bad. But God, he did it for us so that we would have a life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life that is for you and for me, beloved. the Lord came that we would have life and that we would have it abundantly, that we never have to worry about will we get into heaven, will we go to hell. He's like, if you receive me, I can guarantee you that you will enter into my rest and so God is asking you right now, will you receive him? As your Lord and Savior. If that is you, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I confess my sins before you this day. I give up my past life with Satan and close every door to all Satan's devices. I confess Jesus as the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me and for bringing me back to where I once was. From this day forward, Lord Jesus, I will be sensitive to how you feel. I won't hurt you. I will obey you, Lord Jesus. I ask you to present me to Jehovah in your name. Lord Jesus, I believe with my heart, I confess with my mouth that you rose from the dead, that I am saved, and receive you today wholeheartedly, 100%. Make me a light in a dark place, and from this day forward, I will leave this place and share you with everyone I meet and everyone I know. It's commitment, Jesus. I will get this world for you. I pray this prayer to the Father in the name of Jesus. I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus with evidence of speaking in tongues for the edifying of the body of Christ Jesus by the will of Jehovah God. Amen. Congratulations, you just got saved, amen, you just got saved, read your Bible starting off with the book of John, chapter one, don't miss a chapter, I want you to also, once you finish with the book of John, start reading the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation, amen, and I pray that God will give you a Bible-based church to go to, Um, I'm going to also start putting up some uh, Bible studies online on the lutgradio.com website, all right, So stay tuned, listen to it every day, LUTGradio.com. My name is Kathy Brox. This is the LUTG Radio Show, WKKP Digital Broadcasting.
1: With Direct Energy's free nights, you get 12 hours of free power every night. That means when it comes to pulling an all-nighter to get that presentation ready for the big meeting, we provide free power to the first pot of coffee, power to your trusty laptop, Power to the motivational music. Power to the second pot of coffee. Power to the microwave for those late-night snack attacks. And power to you for getting that promotion you worked so hard for. Call 888-400-6044 or visit directenergy.com slash free nights to sign up for free power all night, every night. Call 888-400-6044. Or visit directenergy.com slash free nights. See directenergy.com slash free nights for full details, subject to change, terms and conditions apply. PUCT number 10040.